This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode five of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, presented by Equestrian Life. Exclusive coverage of the world of dressage. We would like to thank our sponsors, Equestrian Life. They can be found at equestrianlife.com. And Kentucky Performance Products. They can be found at kppusa.com. This is Chris Stafford in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Heather Blitz in Esberg, Denmark, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show presented by Equestrian Life. Well, hi there, Heather. Before we go any further uh, with the show this week, we just want to mention that we've had some sound problems and we are dealing with those. And I, I think it's probably because you're in Europe and on a very different connection and we have different uh, audio devices. But we just want to mention that we are aware of the problem and the variable quality that we've had. It, it doesn't seem to have stopped people uh, joining us, though, because we've got an, already an amazing following, and so we want to thank the audience that we've attracted so far and reassure you that we will be addressing those sound problems uh, for the future. So what have we got um, on the show this week, Heather? Well, we have an exciting uh, report from the uh, Gladstone Competition, the National uh, Intermediate and Grand Prix Championships from the United States. And Debbie McDonald telling us about um, the rides and the performances there. So we'll hear from her later. And we have a bit of news that we'll be hearing about from around the world. Oh, terrific. And, and how are things with you over in Denmark? Is it getting warmed up a little bit there? It is, finally. We're seeing summer. It's hard for you, in the, especially in the states of uh, the U.S., to imagine that we're just now getting up into the 70s. But uh, it's quite nice and very sunny. And what about you in Lexington there? Oh, it's starting to get really humid now. You know, now is the time to sort of get up pre-dawn and do all the exercise you need to do. I know I go out earlier with my dogs and, you know, get my exercising done. And so you can be indoors in the air conditioning for the most part because it, it starts to get really, really hot, you know. So, uh, you know, we know we've got this for a couple of weeks, but that's, okay. you know, we, we have you know, ice storms in the winter and a bit of humidity in the summer. But, you know, apart from that, it's a great place to live. <laughs> well, that's right. It's a beautiful state and... Uh... You just have to take the good with the bad and appreciate the good more. <laughs> totally. Ab- ab- absolutely. Um, so have you been doing anything for fun this past week or has it just been work? No, you know, I've just been really kind of relaxed and actually reading it a little bit more, um, just leisure reading, and that's been kind of nice to relax. Ah, any, any book recommendations there while we've got you there? Well, um, an author that I've, uh, I find really entertaining, John Krakauer, he's written three, uh, Into Thin Air and um, Into the Wild, uh-huh. and uh, Under the Banner of Heaven, I just read that one, and uh, he, he's a, I like him as an author, he, he um, kind of presents the facts, he's somewhat of a historian, and um, doesn't really put his opinion into it a whole lot, which I appreciate, and he's got great stories, so I, I, pre- I like those books. Good. Well, I'll keep that in mind. You know, I got a new iPhone this past weekend, which is my new toy, and uh, I need to download some new audio books, so maybe I can get those uh, titles off you sometime. Ah, sure. How fun. (laughs) I can't wait to get one of those myself. Uh, All right. Well, let's uh, move on to the news of the week, Heather. We've got a few pieces of news there, and the first comes out of uh, England, and it's very interesting. This uh, indicates a trend the consultation that we are seeing both in dressage and in eventing and other sports now. British dressage is uh, they're seeking feedback from their members on proposed rule changes, um, according to their uh, f- rules and fixtures director, Sarah Green. Uh, and she, she, she no- m- mentions that in the past announced, just announced changes, and now they're looking at proposing the idea of consultation. Um, and, and I think it, it's to an interesting uh, change in the culture there, Heather, that, you know, that, that riders and the organizing bodies are actually consulting more. And uh, hmm. I, I, do so you have any... I wonder, well, are they, um, I wonder if they're having, the, if they consult 
with the, just the general riders who are members of their organization or if they have a, some kind of committee set up for consultation. I wonder what the details are on that. I think it's a great idea that it's made by a, a small group, but kind of think the bigger the group, it can get a little you know, more time-consuming to get everyone's opinion heard, but it's a, sort of a better idea. Well, the example that they cite, apparently, that the suggestions um, include a change in the qualification procedure for regional championships and a new championship class to give top riders an opportunity to ride their young horses. Currently, to be eligible for a regional championship in England, a novice rider must win two qualifiers, and British Dressage is proposing a league system rewarding consistent partnerships. Well, the response that that, they have to that proposal um, it's actually been quite interesting. Uh, uh, on the one side, there, there's a, a, a Grand Prix rider is unconvinced and thinks that uh, you ought to have to win twice uh, and, and that they kept coming a second year but could have tried again. Um, and on the other hand, another rider thinks it's frustrating when good horses are pipped and others are qualified when there is less competition. And, and you know, this speaks, obviously, there are different opinions to deal yes. with. So how do you get a consensus when you're making rule changes? Yeah, well, that's a question and a, a challenge, I think, globally, you know, whether it's about um, qualifying procedures or, you know, rules whatsoever. And to get everyone's opinion heard can just be such a, a time-consuming thing. And, um, you know, I, I have a feeling if they keep listening to all the riders, uh, Anna Ross Davies had that come in and uh, Amy Stovall, for instance, if, if the riders really get involved and they make a really big effort, I think, to to make their opinions um, heard to the committees who are making the rules, I think that's really important. And a lot of riders might have opinions or um, ideas, but, you know, a lot of people don't tend to step up and say it. And I think that's it. it's important that they do. And I'm glad they're being listened to. And they'll just have to see, you know, what sort of agreements they come up with. Well, I think it's a very interesting trend. You know, we're seeing at national level in, and, you know, inventing and dressage, but we're also seeing at the FEI level too. So uh, I think, we're, you know, we might be just seeing a shift in the culture here uh, and how, how, you know, riders, competitors are involved in the, in the total process of, for the sports administration. So, uh, and I know you are, already, you, you are already on a committee, aren't you, at the USEF High Performance yeah, I'm an eligible athlete that um, helps advise the High Performance Committee for the USEF, and um, it's been a really great experience so far, and um, I'm learning a lot just in my, my first few months on the committee, but um, I'm on it for four years, so we'll see what happens over those, over, over those years, but I'm glad to be a part of it for sure. Well, our other item of news comes out of Switzerland, and and that involves Salieri, um, the ride of Sylvia Ickley, who's been on the Swiss team for so many years now, Heather. And apparently, um, uh, Salieri's uh, had an had an injury. He recently uh, fooled around a little too much, was bucking and bubbly, and injured himself. So he's going to be out for the European Championships. Uh, and for, of course, Aachen coming up next week, but uh, importantly for the European Championships, which take place in England uh, in a couple of months' time. Uh, that's very disappointing for Ickley again. She's been uh, the stalwart of the Swiss team now for so long, hasn't she? Yes, she has. It's got to be so disappointing for her. Um, but she's always been one to make the decisions really based on her horse's best interest and really, really admire her for that a lot. So feel you know too bad for her, but I'm really glad for her horse that he's owned by you know such a responsible horsewoman, and you know she's saving him so he can come out for the next time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good luck to her, and uh, and then of course we had um, Rotterdam this past uh, week, um, and and there was a bit of an upset there with uh, Edward Gold, um, dethroning Anki with Salinero. Yeah, she has uh, some real competition now, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, it, it really is interesting how the the, the, the shift now, um, you know, there, as you say, there is more competition. And uh, I think Edward uh, got an 84, which, uh, you know, is, is usually where you see Salinero. So, uh, you know, competition's healthy. That's what the sport's all about. That's right. And it keeps the crowds coming back, too. It's, uh, you know, Anki's done an amazing job with Salonero. She always does a, you know, a Grand Prix that is definitely worth watching. And it's, uh, I have to say, it's it's fun to see that someone can come in and really challenge her. I think it's good for, 
audiences for the public to want to come and see the competitions even more now because it's a little less certain that we'll be really at the top and now she's got to work for it a bit harder you know ed gall has done such an amazing job with that stallion and um just so exciting about his future he's just nine years old it's just the beginning for him you know they they get to be their best at 12 13 years old and this one's just nine and it's like he's being pretty cautious with you know not just wanting to uh, use him up too soon you know he's also very concerned about keeping the horse happy and developing so he has a lot of years ahead of him so it's just a huge exciting exciting feature for ed gall and Totus. it's uh, it's fantastic that horse well, out of that, um, the Dutch team were able to name their team for um, Aachen next week. Uh, that's going to be Marlies van Balen, Oye, and Kigali. Is that, do you spell it? Oye, yeah. Oye, Oye, okay. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know about the first one. Kigali. <laughs> Kigali's easy enough, isn't it? Oye. But Oye, yeah. I think it might be O-J-A-Y. Uh, well, yeah. apologies to Marlies if we mis- mispronounce that. Um, Anki, of course, with Salinero, and then Sander Marin- Marinissen with Murdville. Yeah. Do we pronounce it Murdville? I think so. Okay. And then Hans-Peter Minderhood with the, with the mayor, Nadine. A strong team there for Ark, and uh, always a strong team, though. It's always going to be a ding-dong between the Dutch and the, and the Germans these days. Uh, any observations about that team? Who do, who, who, who do you think is going to come out top uh, in Aachen? Well, certainly Anki had a great chance with Salonero. Uh, you know, Sonder and his horse are a great pair. Uh, I love that to watch them myself. It's just such a relaxed, nice picture, and they fit so well together. Personalities and, te- you know, physical type, everything. Um, Hans-Peter and Nadine, I could watch them all day long. Very elegant mare. Love them. Um, and and Marlies and Kigali are always a strong, consistent pair. So, uh, you know, it's hard to say. I would, I would probably predict that Salonero would be Salonero, Nadine, Modwill, and Kigali. Kigali be my estimate, you know, my guess of how it might come uh, within their own team, who might, what the order might be. But um, I'm looking forward to it. There's a chance I might be able to get down to Aachen next week and watch that. So I might be able to give you a sort of a play-by-play of how it went. Well, I hope so too. I was going to ask you: You're still planning to uh, to get down there? Are you? Yeah, that's my plan. Far, unless anything happens, change my plans. I'll, I'll be there. Terrific. Well, you'll have to uh, connect with Klaatje, Klaatje van Andel, and I think uh, two of you should be on uh, be able to have a good conversation uh, after that. We'll have you uh, have you both talking about uh, Aachen uh, when you get back the following week. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, we're coming now to um, your Paragon's diary. Yeah, well, it's kind of a short one this week. Um, Paragon has been working so hard and really advancing quite a bit that this week um, um, coordinated quite well together with uh, the beautiful weather we're starting to have. We've just been taking it a bit easy, going out for hacking, um, you know, practicing a little over bridges and up and down hills. We have a big hill. <laughs> and I think later this week we might be going out to the beach, um, playing around in the waves a little too. So he's just, he's been taking it quite easy. Um, he does it. He needs some time to rest, but still be a little, have a little fun. So um, that's, that's what he's been up to this week. All right. Well, thanks, Heather. Well, we're going to be taking a short break now for a commercial, and uh, when we come back, we'll be talking to Debbie McDonald. It is fantastic to have our friends at Equestrian Life as the title sponsors for the Dressage Radio Show. If you have not been to Equestrian Life yet, you need to go. In addition to being the official social community of the Horse Radio Network, it is one of the fastest-growing horse communities on the Internet. It is truly the Facebook for horse people. Keep track of your friends and their horses, the shows they were at, and how they did, all with Equestrian Life's easy-to-use interface. This community is designed by horse people for horse people and is filled with educational and entertaining video and audio all about our horses. Ride on over to Equestrian Life today, sign up for free, and tell all of your friends. If you love horses, Equestrian Life is the place to be at equestrianlife.com. All right, well, we're back and uh, uh, to hear from our first and only guest on the show this week, Debbie McDonald. Uh, tell us what she's been up to, Heather. 
Well, Debbie's been up in uh, New Jersey, in Gladstone, New Jersey, this past weekend, uh, helping out Adrienne Lyle, her rider, I'm too on horse, another one, um, schooling her and getting her ready for the Grand Prix Championships that have been held uh, there last weekend, and she is going to give us a report on how it went. Well, Debbie, thanks so much for joining us today. I know you're probably still drying off from Gladstone last week. I sure am. <laughs> it was definitely more rain than I've seen fall in a long time. And, and of course, you don't have footing up there at Stone Stand that at Deluge, do you? No, I mean, I have to give credit. It held up a heck of a lot longer than I thought it was going to. It really did. Um, and I, I'd have to say even up to Sunday when they rode that, um, the Young Rider class that was supposed to be right before the Grand Prix, there was a couple little slippy spots. It was just that it was getting a little bit too deep in areas, you know, and that's what was the, the real decision then. Uh, and, of, well, of course, we heard that the, the special had to be canceled. There was a lot of, uh, you know, shuffling of the schedule. How, were, how did the competitions that uh, were held, how did they go? Give us, a, give us a review of it all, Debbie. Well, you know, we were supposed to start on Thursday, and um, it rained, I mean, it had rained and rained and rained. And uh, they had held a couple classes, a young rider class, and I believe the pre-St. George. And then we were supposed to um, to have the Grand Prix. And the more it went on and the more we watched the drag, which was basically, it's a, it's a scraping blade is what it was was going in there and moving that muck around, um, a few of us got together and decided that they had had an off day anyway for us, and why didn't we try to just cancel the rest of the day and hope for um, for better you know, weather or at least a chance for the ring to firm up again. So it was a unanimous decision. They took it to, I guess, the higher beings, whoever that was, and the judges all in agreement. And we pretty much scratched Thursday, which meant Friday, of course, we had to show. Um, Doing that, when we did scratch Thursday, they decided that because the public and they had announced so much about the freestyles being on Saturday, that they could not change the freestyles to Sunday. So it would be off schedule. It would be the Grand Prix, the freestyle, and then the Grand Prix special. Oh, I was going to ask you, Debbie, why that was in that order, since you don't really uh, see it that way. And that was way. mainly for the public um, and the fact that they were holding those later in the afternoon into the early evening, and they wanted as much you know, public that could come to that as possible. So um, with that, of course, it never stopped raining. <laughs> so when it came to Friday, when we had the show, um, I must say that they managed with the rain. I guess it was either coming down so hard or at some point. I mean, I had to give Patrick a lot of it for keeping the rain going as well as he did. Um, and we just kept, you know, scraping the muck basically off the top and um, would continue on. And the Grand Prix actually, the, the very unfortunate thing about the whole situation, it was nobody complained about having to ride in the weather. It was just that you had no warm-up ring to ride in that was of the same footing. So the up rings that they have as warm-up rings were definitely not safe enough. They were getting too deep. So you're back into that indoor that's been, the footing's been there for probably 50 years, and everybody's warming up in the indoor in that dry footing and then going out into the slot. And most horses that were affected were the West Coast horses because they really have never done much of that kind of slot before. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a fortunate um, situation. I had you been able to warm up in the same footing, it might, uh, you know, things might have ended up a little differently. Um, but it's hard to say. Who knows for sure? Anyway, so they got through with the Grand Prix, and again, the ring was was drugged and scraped and 
um, it continued to rain. I think we had a little bit of a, a nicer day. Um, you know, for the most part, Friday was a nicer day. It did sort of back off. It was the nicest day of of all of the days that we had there. And, um, of course, then it came to Saturday, and, uh, again, it was raining, and they held the classes, and, um, it, it, again, unfortunate that they didn't start the classes at, like, 7 o'clock. They chose to start them at 9, and it basically didn't start raining until, I would say, 9. So we could have had a good couple hours of competition. But again, because of the situation, we couldn't move the Grand Prix up. So the Grand Prix ended up going in uh, the freestyle in rain and, um, and muck, as well as the Free St. George I-1. Actually, they, I think they lucked it because they got done. I think the end of their class, it started to rain. Um, but for the most part, those horses ended up going in not too much rain. Um, they happened to, to luck out on the forecast. The kids were in terrible weather as well. But um, this was such a, you know, just a shame that, that it just wouldn't back off at all. So basically it came to Sunday morning and... Um, a lot of the riders went out and walked around in and in their muck boots. And, you know, it felt, it did feel quite firm, I have to say. But then they put the young riders in on it. And after they went, um, coming down center line where you do your, your, your special, like the pirouette, Long Tempe's pirouette, X was getting a little boggy. The ends, both ends, A and C on the rail, were getting very sloppy and boggy. And those are, again, places where transitions are to passage. It, the, long, the wall, all the rail was just getting a little bit sucky. And so a couple of, our, of the riders just went in just to say that they were just going to scratch because they really felt that, you know, they didn't want to stop the show for everybody. But... Um, some of us felt that it wasn't uh, it wasn't worth it, especially if you want to go to Europe later. You know, it just wasn't worth the risk. Well, I noticed that uh, the dressage marker at C has uh, got redesigned and spelt S E A, Debbie. <laughs> well, uh, but tell us about the competition. Uh, um, you know, obviously the footing would have influenced a lot of people, and the Grand Prix went to. Uh, uh, tip top with Leslie Morse. T t talk us through the the rides there, Debbie, and and what you saw. Well, definitely um, the first day, Leslie won it hands down. I mean, she went. She really went. But the horse looked great. Um, the best I've seen him look in in a long time. He was really really super. Um, great massage. Amazing changes. Um, and um, Pierre. Um, with Lucky Tiger, put in a very, very, very good ride. And I think, um, you know, he definitely deserved to be second that day, No, I mean, uh, no doubt. And, again, a lot of people that, um, that probably you would have thought would be more in the forefront, their horses did struggle with the footing. I mean, either they'd have to, uh, like, for instance, the half passes, the steep half passes, um, like Wizard uh, that Adrian was riding absolutely would not go sideways in the second half pass because there was just shiny puddles the whole thing he'd have to step in. So, I mean, it was just in situations like that throughout all the rides that just kind of made the competition a little bit anticlimactic. You know what I mean? It, it certainly wasn't what I think everybody came to see or expected to have when they got there with their horses. It could really just put a damper on the whole mood of everything. You just feel a sense of miserableness the whole time you're getting poured on. Well, that's it. I mean, by Sunday, literally, we all said, okay, we are really so done with this. Let's just go home and forget it. 
<laughs> the good the good thing though it seems like is that it, it did it wasn't even playing field for everybody. It didn't rain for the second half of the class where the first half may have gotten to ride in beautiful weather. So at least it sort of was the same challenge for all the riders, and that's the only, maybe one good thing you can say about how it went. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it seems to be though. I have to say, poor Shelley Francis. Every time I've ever been to Glasgow. She's always seems to be in there when the skies decide to really open up. And it was no different at this show either. <laughs> and she's such a good sport, you know. She just kind of looks up at the sky and says, why me? <laughs> but, um, but, you know, there were a couple riders that definitely had a little harder range than others. But you're absolutely correct in the fact that it was just plain miserable for everyone. Mm. So um, as far as that goes, the... Um, the Grand Prix, as it was, was pegged. Um, I can't remember who was third. It was Mike Bearson on Olympus. Oh, and that was a very interesting ride. That horse was really, really good. Really so, good. So, Debbie, is that a, that's had... a new one for him. How, how old is that horse? Um, I'm going to say he's 12 or around 12. Apparently the horse was ridden in Europe and um, had some experience. But uh, this is the first time that that he this year is the first year that he's brought him out, and um, a very interesting horse with a lot of talent. And um, so, yeah, he was third and had a very good ride as well. And what about Michael's other horse, Neruda? Um, he didn't come, and apparently, from what I understand, there was um, he had a little bit of a bacterial infection going on. So. He was on antibiotics and stuff, and they and he couldn't bring them, so he never showed. And then, what about Sharon McCusker and her horse, Julie Julie Sharif? Yeah, that horse was he, that horse. It was, was interesting. I saw that horse. I did him in a clinic. I think about a year year and a half ago. And I told her. I mean, I even asked her then if he was for sale. He's a very cute horse. Really. Um, you know, very green and pre-still, but really an honest, honest citizen, you know. I mean, really goes in there, tries his hardest, and even under the conditions, he put in a pretty darn decent test, I have to say. Sounds like he must be my May Sharif, is that right? Is that a Danish horse? Yeah. So, um, and then Reese Koffler was coming in fifth, so that's her first time at Gladstone. I bet she's yeah. really excited about her placing. Exactly, and it was fun to see a couple young nooses in there. Um, she did quite well. Uh, again, um, an, a very nice, experienced horse that um, kind of just plugged right along through it, and she did a lovely job presenting it, and um, and so was for sure um, in that situ- in that situation and under those conditions did a beautiful job. Well, we're really proud of her for that and really happy yeah. for her. And then the next one coming in is a horse you know quite well, Felix. <laughs> Felix. Well, he um, he was actually better than I thought he was going to be in Lop. Again, like I said to Adrian, I guess we're going to find out if we have, uh, you know, mutters or not. I mean, we really, I've never, never shown him in any kind of conditions like that. And he handled that pretty well. He had a couple mistakes, but overall um, showed some really brilliant moments in there. So we were Super. we were really happy with that for sure. And then Adrian rides a second horse named Wizard, who she placed first in the Kerr. Yeah, um, yeah. She had he he was really tough in the Grand Prix. He did not. He's a real power horse. He's very strong. Um, a, really a, a very exciting horse to watch because he is really powerful, does a, a really nice massage and pee-offs. But, again, he just didn't want to have anything so behind the leg in the water. She had a hell of a time just getting it through, you know. So, But then the next day for the freestyle in the morning, she decided that she was going to go out and play in the mud in the upper ring and she found a mud puddle that had good footing underneath and then took about 15 minutes to get him in it. But then she was entering and trotting through it afterwards. So that, that appeared to pay off very well for her the next day. 
Well, it, so- it sounds as if you all started with dressage horses and, and came away from Gladstone with eventers. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what we did. <laughs> In fact, it really funny story. I don't know if anybody sent any pictures of the fish that was put in the yes. arena. I've the seen those day. on the, the Charles Mann, the photographer, has some, and Susan Sickle on uh, Facebook with some very funny pictures. Yeah, and that was apparently that was part of the cross-country course in Hong Kong. Oh, yes, and, yes. And it showed up apparently on the pallet with some horses, and they've had it there at Gladstone. So that was quite funny that it ended up. And uh, Brian O'Connor kept saying that was our rain meter. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about the Kirby There was just a little shift there, a very marginal shift at the top of the leaderboard. Um, how did that look to you, Debbie? Um, well, I have to say that Adrian, um, you know, I think they both had couple, a few little mistakes, but then they ended up showing it. Like in the beginning, Adrian had a couple, she starts off with one tempi down the center line, and she had a couple bobbles in the beginning, and then she ended up showing it really well the whole rest of the way. But, um, you know, like that. But music, I have to say... We, we took a lot of crap putting it together, but it is, um, it's country western theme, and it's very well done. Terry Gallo did it, and the crowd absolutely went crazy over it. Couldn't help enjoy it. You, you, there's parts where you laugh and smile and go. There's, uh, one scene at the end, uh, one little part at the end when she's coming center line where it says save a horse and ride a cowboy <laughs> oh lovely yes <laughs> so, uh, i mean it, it was quite good music she could not have missed a beat on it. for me it was um for me even though she's my student for me she was the winner no no doubt about it and tip top uh, leslie had uh, changed the music uh, with, with him what what was that now um chance to see it yet uh, Debbie so tell us what that sounded like well I think um, I, I would be interested to see how the judges took it I think for me it's a little bit too broken up between canter trot trot pirouette piaf you know I mean it's a little too busy I think but you know um, she did score well enough on I think that it definitely needs a little polishing probably to go to Europe but, um, you know, the horse looks really good. And what what so, kind of music, Debbie? I'm trying to remember. It's, um, oh, God. Well, we'll have, to, have, we'll have to get Leslie that. on, because I know she's heading to Europe with Tip Top now, isn't she? She's going to pick is, up the yes. camera. And- she is. And um, it is new music. And I know it's not that it's bad music. I think it just needs... To be either cut a little differently. That to me, the cuts sounded a little harsh. Um, and I, I think I really, I really personally loved her other music. I think yes, it fit yes. them very well. Yes, it really and did. It was fabulous. I know that her intentions were to try to make the, the freestyle more difficult. Um, but I, I kind of think that's Tip Top's music, to be honest. And I would love to see her just try to keep the same kind of music, change maybe a little bit of it, and make it a little more difficult because it fit him so well. Yeah. I think it's always a challenge to mix, you know, where's the fine line between doing something that is going to get you some technical points but then takes away from the flow or sometimes the simpleness that can make them really nice. And that's exactly right. I mean, that's what I thought it, it lacked with some flow, you know, that yeah. it just was a little too broken up to kind of understand, like you'd start to get into a movement and then it would abruptly. Well, so tell us I a little think... bit about, um, sorry, did I finish on that? No, no, go ahead. Well, tell us a little bit about Lauren Samus and Sagacious, who she was last year the intermediate champion um, at Glad- was it Gladstone or no, that was, sorry, that was in California. And then went on to the Pan Ams for us. Right. Uh, so how were they in the Grand Prix and in the freestyle here where she was third? Yes. Um, uh, I think, again, she had some issues with the footing as well in the Grand Prix. I think um, 
I, I didn't get a chance to actually talk to her or see that performance because I was doing Adrian. But um, from what I heard from everyone else, they just said that there was just some, um, the horse wasn't really like in front of her leg and kind of a little bit short in the neck and backed off. Mm -hmm. But I, I, think I really again, got to that one. It, I think that it, it really was footing related. The next day she went out there in the mud, I think along with Adrian, and got the horses kind of more into that mode of getting splashed on, and the horse looked quite good in the freestyle. That's good to know. So yeah. then Michael Bearson on Olympus, who was, uh, was he second on, uh, no, sorry, third on the Grand Prix, then was um, down a bit on the list here in the freestyle, so he must have had some trouble with the footing also. Oh, well, it was so unfortunate. Right where he was to put his pirouette, I mean, was this enormous hole. And the horse would have nothing to do with it. Yeah. I mean, absolutely nothing to do with it. He, he would do part of it okay, and then he'd come to that puddle, and he'd almost back, back up and run around, you know? Mm. It was just, it was very unfortunate where his movements were placed were right in puddles everywhere. <laughs> mm. So it was... Yeah, it was well... It sounds like they're going to have to do some considering, uh, maybe improving the footing there for next time. If they set the, the next championship up there, we certainly don't want a repeat of this. Well, I think that was a definite concern, and a lot of riders had, had put that, you know, that down, that unless that they can get somebody in there to redo the footings, and it can't be the main arena, it's got to be a warm-up arena as well. Um, that it just can't, it just can't be there. Period. No. So, of course, we are thinking, we are looking at the team preparing for Weg up there, aren't we, Debbie? So uh, uh, all weather footing has got to be, uh, you know, a plus. I mean, the timing's perfect for it if they can get the sponsorship because that's not a cheap uh, exercise, correct. is it? And from what I understand, uh, Sue Blinks and I think Ken Braddock had some contacts with contacts with somebody in Footings Unlimited. And I do believe they showed up on Saturday and saw the footing and saw what shape it is in. And I only heard through the grapevine that there is word that he might donate the main arena and do it all in the all-weather footing like they have in, um, I believe it's Ellington. Fantastic. That that would be wonderful. So, I hope they film this the before and after shot because that would be a great ad, a commercial for the uh, footing company. Oh, well, that's yeah, what I think they're probably thinking for sure. And then it's a matter of trying to get enough funding to get that at least one of those upper rings done. Well, terrific. So having said all that and everybody survived, hopefully the horses survived soundly too, what did we learn from Debbie that's affecting, you know, our, our preparation now for this season and for next year? Well, I know, you know, I know for the West Coast that there is, there are big concerns about, you know, the CDIWs that we're not really being able to get into. Uh, managers that are wanting to to do that because there's just not enough of us that uh, you know play in that area that it, it it warrants putting all that extra money. That's a big problem for us um, as well as footing. And um, uh, I just think it's, it's just really unfortunate that the sport just doesn't seem to be uh, taking off in a direction where we have people that still want to support it in a big way and I know economy is not helping in any way shape or form that's for sure so you know what do you think is going to happen then after Gladstone and I know people uh, riders will go back to sort of their summer locations and have some local shows uh, and until the season starts in Wellington of course that's not until what November now is when they start down there right right uh there is talk, I think there are quite a few people that do plan on going to Europe. Um, uh, I think like Adrian and I are probably going to try to go end of October, November, and and maybe through the first part of December um, and get in some shows. 
But again, you know, then you're still sitting in quite a few months here. <laughs> not in the heat. Anything. Yeah. I mean, it's never, you know, it's never an ideal situation, I think, for anyone over in over here in the United States. I don't think it's just so spread out and we just don't have that, uh, you know, constant little show around the corner that could be just a good schooling show, you know. It's right. like everything we go to has to be an important one, and that isn't always advantageous. No, it's not. Then you don't get a chance to experiment a little or try new things, different kinds of warm-up. Um, it's always something big that you have a, a lot of pressure to put together the best you can. And, yeah, it's it's not the best situation. The U.S. is so big, and it's always a problem. There's nothing we can really do about that. But, yeah. Um, well, yeah. we're just about running out of time here, Debbie. But before we go, we want to mention the arranged marriage that uh, we heard about. <laughs> <laughs> Tell well, us yes, about that. We have a heartbeat on a damsy foal um, that's in a surrogate mare that seems to be doing very well. We're almost at the 45-day um situation and then we just collected um, a little Kingston embryo and um, that one is also one I'm I'm very excited about I'm trying not to get too excited till they actually get a heart but it was a grade one embryo and so that is the the highest quality they can get but it just was it it was just plain exciting to think that this 18 year old girl Never been bred, nothing in her life, still was fertile. I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you won't be, you'll be calling her mama, and you'll be a mama soon then, or grandmama. I know. I'll be a grandma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. that's very exciting. So how will that unfold then? Because, you know, we're going to start a lot of listener interest with this. I'd have just to follow the whole pregnancy and, and the whole thing, the whole story, Debbie. So what happened? Where, 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 will, where will the mare be? Well, Brentina is coming home with uh, two horses from Gladstone from California. So she'll be home probably on Friday. And then the surrogate mares are going to stay in California because they're at a farm, a breeding farm that they live at. They have pasture. And I just think it's not a wise decision for us to bring them here to Idaho. But by the time they're ready to fall, we will be down in California. So I will definitely try to be a part of that process and and see them as they come out. So oh, I'm, very exciting. And I'm going to, when I do get pictures of surrogate mares, and I don't know if they're Clydesdale, Clydesdales or Mustangs or whatever, but I'll have <laughs> to get you pictures so that you can... Put that all over for the world to see who's carrying Brentina's baby. <laughs> well, People we will definitely want to see that. <laughs> so it should be a fun story to, to follow. Oh, I think for so, sure. sure. We, we, we'll, we will be following the program with you, Debbie. And we want to thank you for spending time with us today. That's been fantastic to hear about Gladstone and uh, your observations. So come back again anytime and join us on the Dressage Radio Show and be sure to send us pictures of the impending foal. I will do that for sure. All right. Thanks so much, Debbie. All Take right. Care. Bye to you, Heather. Good luck. Good luck to you, Debbie, and with okay. the fools, and hope to talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. All right, well, that was great to hear from Debbie, Heather. It sounds like that was a an action-packed weekend, but not not uh, not with the kind, making the kind of headlines that we'd hope. It was more about the weather than the competition, unfortunately. Yeah, that is unfortunate. You know, I hope that they do um, come through with that sponsor on getting the footing fixed. It, it's really, it's time. It's a great facility, but, you know, without footing, you, you have a tough time, you know, with such elite horses that really need elite footing, and um, I hope they get that worked out. All right. Well, before we get to your training tip of the week, uh, we're going to break now for another short commercial. Not every horse needs a supplement, and selecting the right supplement for your dressage horse can be a science. Kentucky Performance Products simplifies your search. You can trust Kentucky Performance Products to give you the most value for your money, and they offer supplements designed to target specific problems, and they're made with high-quality ingredients included at effective levels. Each product is backed by sound research and a money-back satisfaction guarantee. 
This month, might we recommend, as it's getting very hot out there, Summer Games Electrolytes. They were developed specifically for use at the 1996 Olympic Games in Atlanta. Formulated to replace key electrolytes and trace minerals at the proper ratio, Summer Games increases your horse's tolerance to exercise and speeds recovery time. For horses on the go, use Summer Games Plus Paste. The revolutionary electrolyte paste contains Nalox, Equine, and Acid. The dual-action electrolyte offers horses the extra benefit of buffering the stomach at stressful times. Learn more about Summer Games Electrolytes and all the products at kppusa.com. That's Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. All right, Heather. Well, back to your training tip of the week. Um, what do you for us this time? Um, just a quick tip about uh, how to think about balance in your horse and um, just to realize that, I mean, one of the main goals in dressage training, of course, is the balance and moving it further and further back in the horse's body so that the forehand is free and um, lifted and the horse takes the weight on behind um, you know, in any horse, starting out as a green, untrained horse is going to tend to have more balance on the forehand than we would like. Um, and when you're teaching a horse to, to make a new balance and you're moving their center of gravity further and further back, I think it's just a good idea to keep in mind that it's easier for them to learn that in smaller steps first before you take bigger steps with a lot of power and really covering a lot of ground. Um, I just tend to see... Uh, a lot of riders sort of go for a lot of power and board in a way that they might be trying to get the hind legs really engaged or under or going. Um, and I think you run into problems pretty quickly, uh, especially if the horse is one that has a little tougher time learning how to move the, uh, his or her balance more back. Train it in small steps first. Um, and get the horse knowing what it is that you're after, knowing how to change their balance, how to take on more weight behind before you make the steps bigger and bigger. It's kind of like if you're going to step out on an ice rink and you were a professional ice skater and you were sort of out there for the first time, you would really try to kind of keep your skates together and keep your strides pretty small before you got the balance to be able to really skate quite fast and do great things with it. So kind of a, an analogy you can think of when you think about if your horse is, um, you know, having an easy time at it or they're uh, struggling, need a little more time, try it in small steps before you go in big steps. So something that I do and um, just wanted to pass that as my training tip of the week. Well, thank you, Heather. It's 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 like learning to dance, isn't it? You know, ice skate was a good analogy. You know, we we always tend to make big strides, and when really the, the smaller ones are so much easier, and that's all that's necessary. It is, especially when balance is the issue. <laughs> Just take the little ones, get to know the ice, get to know the balance, and then start testing it with more powers. All right. Well, thank you, Heather. Um, well, we should uh, mention the other shows on the network here, on Horse Radio Network. We have four shows, and they are, Heather? Uh, well, there are four great shows, starting with the Eventing Radio Show, hosted by Glenn Leek and Chris Stafford at eventingradio.com. And be sure to check out the Stable Scoop. That's also hosted by Glenn Peake and Helena B. at stablescoop.com. And a great show to check out also is the 2010 radio show hosted by Glenn the Geek and Samantha Clark at 2010radioshow.com. And be sure to listen to the Dressage Radio Show presented by Equestrian Life next week as we catch up with Lil Boomer. And we'll also hear from Reese Koffler about her uh, Gladstone debut. She was just at Gladstone last weekend. And also just to see what's been up with her lately and what she's um, focusing on now after the, the, now that the championships are over. So we're looking forward to hearing from her. Great. Well, thank you, Heather. And you can also follow us in our show notes at uh, dressageradio.com. You can send us your feedback. Leave a voicemail at 270 
0025. That number is also available on our website. You can email Heather or myself at uh, heather at horseradionetwork.com or chris at horseradionetwork.com. We want to hear from you. We want you to have your say on the show with the, our It's Your Call segment, anything that's on your mind that's topical in the world of dressage. So leave a voicemail and your name, and we will be sure to include you in the show. And remember, the Dressage Radio Show also has a fan page on Facebook. There's a link to that page on our website. And you can follow us on Twitter. Horse Radio is the name to follow on Twitter. And we're very active on Twitter, I must say, as you are too, Heather. And uh, I try to be a little bit, but, uh, you know, we're leading the way there. And, uh, you know, giving you all kinds of tidbits and news and things to follow. And we also let you know the new episodes are posted. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. And remember to visit our social community at equestrianlife.com. Equestrianlife.com, of course, are our presenting sponsors on the show. And they have a wonderful community there for the equestrian world on equestrianlife.com. Heather's got a blog, of course, you can read on her website at heatherblitzinfo. Are you keeping that up, Heather? No, I haven't done anything with it for a little while. I'll try. All right. Well, if I mention it on the show every week, it might just, um, you know, guilt you into... uh, Okay, I'm writing a note to myself now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'd like to thank our sponsors again, Equestrian Life. They can be found at equestrianlife.com and Kentucky Performance Products. They do a wonderful job for us on the Horse Radio Network. So our thanks to... Karen there over at Karen Isberg at Kentucky Performance Products. They can be found at kppusa.com. Well, what's in store for you this week now, Heather? Well, I think a little bit more of it enjoying the weather for me. And, uh, you know, I've got some guests coming in, so I'm going to have fun showing people around my little town here. And uh, what about with you, Chris? Well, terrific. Well, there's always something happening in the horse parks. I'm always over there. I've got uh, plenty going on work-wise. And uh, we have the eventing radio show, too. We, we had some gremlins trying to record the show this week. So, uh, we, uh, we, you know, we've still got the uh, eventing radio show to do, so I hope you'll check us out over there too. Um, lots, lots going on here in Kentucky, and even though it's summer, it's, uh, it's still plenty, plenty to uh, keep us busy. So until we meet again next week, Heather. Yeah, good luck and mind your riding. 